everyone, welcome to yet another exciting episode of Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm McLeod. And joining us is John Voth. Yes, that's me. I am John Voth. Yeah, actor, improviser, music video director, Harry Potter YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I never read Harry Potter before, so when the pandemic began, I decided, hey, I'm going to read one hour of Harry Potter to people on YouTube every day. And I got through the all seven books in one year. It was uh, quite a journey. It was incredible. I did watch the live streams when you were doing them on like Instagram for a little bit. Let's talk about uh, a property called The Matrix, which is, you know, famously created by two trans women. Like, this is one of the biggest franchises out there. No, uh, yeah, well, no I guess we're talking about The Animatrix today, right? Yeah, and let, let me ask you, John, uh, before we get into just the whole backstory, what's your experience with anime? With anime, you know what? I uh, I remember seeing one anime movie in Germany. Uh, I grew up in Germany, so my first kind of experience was it with it was seeing one anime movie, which I was like, oh, this is this rocks. I don't remember what what it was. I think it was called like Happy Flowers or something like that. I have to look it up. I'll, I'll let you know about that. And uh, I also watched Dragon Ball Z. Of course. So Dragon Ball Z was also big in Germany. And, uh, that, you know, I got into the, the anime. I got into the, the books. What do you call them? Uh, the, the, manga. The, manga. Yeah, it's like manga. I got a whole bunch of those. I just loved all the powering up, the constant powering up before they actually oh. did anything. Oh, don't don't spoil it because uh, Malcolm still hasn't watched uh, the Frieza saga, so which, which we will cover uh, someday. Um, so Malcolm doesn't even know what a Super Saiyan is. What? Yeah, I, I know. Have no, I, he does not know I, what a Super Saiyan is. I never watched Dragon Ball growing up. Like I have Just, like this whole gap that like I'm like as you were saying, you're like I grew up in Germany and I was watching Dragon Ball. I was like, what the fuck was I doing as a child? Like what was? Oh, like, buddy. Like I was not something. watching the show. I was not on my radar at all. It is simultaneously funny and also entertaining. It's so funny. Uh, and you can check out our four-part uh, Dragon Ball Saiya Saga uh, miniseries, which we did. Uh, we will return to the Frieza Saga, but we're obviously in the middle of our Cowboy Bebop miniseries, uh, which has taken up a lot of our time, which has also been very fun. Um, so yeah, is that your anime background? Any more highlights before we uh, talk about the anime itself here? Uh, I, I did see Cowboy Bebop. I saw that. Yeah, oh, it was, damn. It was, yeah, it was great. Uh, I loved that. And when I moved to Canada... Um, a friend of mine introduced me to Neon, what's it called? Neon Genesis. Oh my God, that's another one we need to cover, but I just know it's going to yeah. melt uh, Malcolm's face. Uh, <laughs> it, so it melted my face and melted my brain. I'm not going to ruin anything. It just, I was like, oh, I, I was younger then. I was like, I don't know what is going on. You can't ruin e Neon Genesis Evangelion because if you explain the summary to someone, it's it's just not going to register. You can explain it to, to me right now and it won't really register. I'll just be like, I still don't know what a third impact is. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. And that's a core concept of the franchise. That's a core concept. <laughs> Nobody knows what Third Impact is, uh, even my, if they've watched it multiple times. Yeah, my favorite is every time anyone has ever brought up, like whether it's friends or guests on this podcast, that show, everyone's just like, I, I don't really know what I watched, <laughs> but I know it was. I think it was good. Um, but I don't. I I don't know. <laughs> so. I'm I'm kind of excited for that. I'm kind of excited to see if I, maybe it's... I can crack the code. As the yeah, other. You're, you're the one. You're the I'm one. The one. I'm the chosen one. I'm I'm the Neo <laughs> of that uh, of that anime. The whole yes. community is calling each other. Hey, there's a guy. He he figured out what it all means. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, bro, we, I mean, I guess you haven't watched the uh, the new Evangelion movies, which actually are oh. the, the true ending to the show. So that's a whole nother layer. Damn. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah they're, they're good. They're good. I enjoyed them. Uh, I can't explain what happened, but um, I liked it. Are you saying um, that but, just to save spoilers or because it melted your brain? It melted my brain, but as opposed to the movie end of Evangelion, which is the, the second ending, because there's the show ending and then the movie ending. Um, the third ending, um, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time, uh, ends on a happy note. And that's the actual title of the final movie. <laughs> what is this, the Lord of the Rings ending movie? It's like they just keep on ending after ending. After it's called ending. Thrice Upon a Time because it's the third ending of the show. Get it? Oh, <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about Evangelion. Um, we're talking about the Animatrix, which is a series of uh, short um, animated shorts that were there to promote the Matrix Reloaded, basically. And uh, John, what's your experience with the Matrix? Let me tell you, I was a huge fanboy. So, I, uh, man, I remember we watched the movie. Me, my dad, and my brother were in the living room on our small TV watching. Just like, oh, this movie we heard about, you know, should be good. Watch The Matrix. And I remember, you know, the moment where uh, he finally takes the pill and he's zapped into that white space with Morpheus. And he, Morpheus explaining what, you know, what happened in terms of people living in a dream world. It, it blew our mind. We paused it and we had to discuss and we had to explain to each other what this was. And we kept on watching it. So I was a huge fanboy. You know, after the movie came out, uh, I uh, I was on forums. You know, back in the day when forums still existed before Discord? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was on forums all the time. You know, when news of the second and third movie came out, yeah, I was looking up all the information I could get. You know, I watched the Animatrix. Uh, there's some comics that I got. You know, I tried to get into... Uh, well, I played two of the video games. Tried to get into Matrix online, but... I, back then, I couldn't get into MMOs, but man, I was just all about it. So I'm pretty excited for this new one. I'm pretty, pretty excited, but yeah. I have not watched any. Uh, I haven't watched the trailer. I'm avoiding everything and trying to go in blind as much as I can. Yeah, fair enough. I'm very excited to see that movie. It comes out uh, Christmas. This podcast is going to air around early December. So even when this airs, we're still going to be very excited for that movie's release. Uh, I won't say anything about the trailer other than that. Like me and Mel, I sent it to Malcolm, and he was just like, "Yep, I'm in," because uh, it looks very good. Looks very good. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. <laughs> oh yeah, I think yeah. Like for me, I think this is like the perfect time for it to come back. Like I feel like there was such like uh, at least for me, like that last one uh, was it Matrix Revelations? Uh, is the revolutions or revolutions? Yeah, uh, revolutions. Just was like yeah, just kind of left this like better ending I'm like that was it like that was that's how this ends like i feel like i mean it was it was a victim of like the fact that they kind of rushed the two sequels together they're like we got to release these two in this for, for whatever reason the same year there's this whole thing where it's just, yeah where movies like it was like this and kill bill they were both like we're going to release both parts within the same year whereas i feel like you know they had obviously all the time in the world lochowski's to go make the first one and then it felt like they had a lot of really good ideas for the second one and then they were just like you also have to make a third one and they're just like ah uh, i guess here's some stuff and so yeah, yeah. The, so, the second one the second one had you know crazy good world building and action scenes the third one was I, you know i still like it a lot but just in terms of uh, what they were doing with it, it it did feel like it's just a yeah here's <clears> some action <throat> scenes and here we're trying to wrap it up and throw some stuff in that nobody nobody really understands 
So, so I had only seen the Matrix Reloaded once, and I finally saw the Re- uh, Revolutions uh, a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Uh, I knew the plot of it beforehand. I had I had experienced consuming the Matrix movies through a lot of Newground shorts uh, because in uh, in that <laughs> when did when did the Matrix Reloaded come out? Like two thousand three or something? Yeah, um, two thousand three. This is same as when this came out. The anime. That's the other thing. They actually like 2003, big year for the Matrix. <laughs> like, like Matrix, yeah, uh, Reloaded, Revolutions, and the Animatrix all come out this year. Mm-hmm. And then I think within like a year after that's when the Matrix Online was on, went on. And yeah. then, and then it fades away <laughs> until now, uh, basically uh, until 2021. But yeah, so so going to my point though, I I had experienced like. Uh, the consumption of revolutions mostly through like new ground short films that would like parody it and some that were just honestly like just remakes because uh, it was matrix fever at the time uh, everyone was into it and especially people who were online so i already knew the plot going in and you know me i've, I've defended the last jedi i like the ending to lost i like a lot of things that that the quote-unquote fandom does not like so going into revolutions i was like okay i'm gonna be one of those hot take guys that says that movie is perfect uh and it's not uh, I was like, oh, God, no, this movie is not very good. Uh, I ended up really enjoying Reloaded on my uh, second viewing. Oh, yeah. um, Reloaded is a fun, fucking fun movie. Yeah. Even the architect scene that people bashed at the time, I thought it was actually very well done upon my upon my new viewing of it. Yeah, I was I thinking that about that architect scene. And you know what it is? It's like, for me, is I really remember Will Ferrell doing yes. an architect spoof <laughs> yeah. at the MTV Movie Awards. And I yeah. feel like that kind of like... For whatever reason, like hurt that character, like the old architect character. He's so funny in that; it's so absurd. And you're like, wait a minute, yeah, there is this character, the architect. But like, yeah, when you watch the movie, like when you actually watch Reloaded, it's like, no, it actually makes sense. It just, oh, it turns out, obviously, Will Ferrell, at the peak of his powers, <laughs> you know, has a you know has the ability to like make this like seem so corny. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't think of the actual actor anymore. I just see Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, what was I saying? Um, so, yeah, no, with with Revolutions, yeah, Reloaded is a fun fucking movie. The action scenes are great. There's some really cool ideas. I think with Revolutions, that movie is just very unfocused. Uh, Neo and Trinity are basically not present for the entire second act because uh, they do that whole Battle of Zion thing that goes on for way too long yeah. and it's focused on characters we don't care about. Um, kid. Morphe- kid. Oh, Morphe- I can't stand Kid. Not even just Kid. Um, even like, um, who's the guy Link played by Harold Perrineau? His ex-wife or whatever oh, gets yeah. more screen time than Morpheus. Oh, is it the Data uh, Pinkett Smith character? Nope. Nope, not no. even. It's some, I don't know the actress's name. Yeah, me neither, but I know, I know which character you mean. It's, yeah. She's yeah. mad that, that he goes off to fight, right? She gets a ton of action scenes. And, like, yeah, Morpheus and uh, Jada Pickensmith are just on the Nebuchadnezzar, um, just piloting it. Like, Morpheus isn't even in the final scene of the movie. I know. Um, I, I was p- pissed off about that because you don't even know what's happening with Morpheus now. Nope. Um, who, who knows? Yeah, we can't we can't say nothing about the, the new one, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's a it's a weird movie. Again, I think the issue is that it was rushed. Um, they just didn't have time to kind of, um, you know, figure out the story for that final one. Because I think there's some interesting ideas. I think the fate of Neo is interesting. I mean, I don't like the Trinity death, but, uh, you know, they did their best. Um, and I'm glad they're getting an, another chance to do it, is what yeah. I'll say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I, I, it's funny. I was, I was on, uh, I said this quote recently and I feel like it really sums it up, which is like, they, someone was like, the Matrix is Star Wars for millennials. Uh, and I feel like that's a very true statement. Like, it's just like, I feel like we were all at that age where it was just like, we're just young enough to be like, this is blowing my mind. Right. Like, and that's like how I felt watching it. <laughs> But it's also, uh, like I said, it's crazy that like this, like the reloaded should have come out in like 2006 or something like 2007. I think 2003 is fine for reloaded. I think it's the fact that revolutions came. Oh, sorry, revolutions. Well, that's what I meant. Revolutions should have come out later so they could have like, you know, really like finished the trilogy off in a really, you know, strong way. Um, But at the same, but at the same time, again, like I'm glad they're coming back to it. Uh, with resurrections, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the beginning of a new trilogy. Yeah, and it's yeah. a good time to come back, especially because Keanu Reeves is just a, again at the height of popularity in terms of action movies. It's, it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm, and uh, Ke- yeah, because he was dead on arrival for a while. Like after uh, Revolutions, it's like he's doing the lake house, and he's doing like all these like really mundane thrillers. Like he's like in like movies, Street Kings, David Ayer's like terrible movie that he was in the day that the earth stood still, which is a movie I remember uh, very uh, vaguely, (laughs) you know, just but I got to say, I'm 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 all for right now. All these like guys like Keanu Reeves and like Brendan Fraser, like these guys kind of making comebacks like where they're just like, oh, they're like on the rise again. I guess John Wick's or I guess uh, John Wick was out, you know eight or so years ago so he's you know keanu reeves is back but yeah. he's back um so yeah let's talk about anime because anime is back uh obviously in the year 20 2021 anime is more popular than ever but way back in 2003 um the matrix obviously was a film known for his anime influences um the wachowskis famously show, uh, showed joel silver uh the film ghost in the shell and basically told him we want to do this but live action and that's kind of how they pitched the matrix have you ever seen Ghost in the Shell, uh, John? Yeah, um, actually, I think I saw snippets <laughs> of it as a teenager before I knew much about anime, and it just looked so messed up. Good. I mean, it's a messed up movie, but it's very good. Yeah, I, and I really, I do. I saw the movie, the movie with Scarlett Johansson, but oh, I haven't seen the actual no. anime. <laughs> well, they're very different. Very different attitudes towards the concept of. The the concept of identity, as we talked about in our Ghost of the Shell podcast, the concept of uh, identity in the the ScarJo movie is a lot more American and uh, boring. Oh, uh, oh I, I just remembered though that I, I was I did this two years ago. Was, I'm going to watch Ghost in the Shell. I'm going to watch it chronologically. So I started out with the first, uh, what's it called, Ghost in the Shell: Arise or something like that. Uh, there's, um, I think Arise is like the second series. Standalone Complex is the first that's one. That's the one. That's the one. So I've okay. seen the first gotcha. two movies from that the hour-long movies that they have there oh interesting there's a lot of ghost yeah. in the shell and they're all various different continuities uh check I'm... out our ghost in the shell podcast to, to learn a lot about ghost in the shell mm-hmm. i actually <laughs> um, forgot about that, that that ghost in the shell has like wasn't just the one movie because i always think of ghost in the shell like akira which is just like a one-off right. maybe we gotta so. cover ghost in the shell too because that is also a controversial uh maybe maybe not last jedi still a controversy but definitely one where people are like huh uh, and I like those movies, but let's talk about the Animatrix because we haven't even talked about the shorts yet. And there's still a bit of history to discuss. So the concept yeah. for this started as early as 1997 when they were 
when Joel Silver and uh, the Wachowskis were kind of figuring out the uh, their deals to uh, get the Matrix released in Japan. And so obviously they were huge fans of uh, Japanese anime. And so what happened was they took the opportunity in Japan to meet many of their favorite anime directors. And so they asked in 1999 whether these directors who would love The Matrix would like to help to create an animated version of it, showcasing their art, individual artistic and directorial styles. So Joel Silver, he picks Michael Arias, an American computer special effects and digital technology expert working with the anime industry as their representative in Tokyo. And Arias was already associated with Studio 4C, which became one of the project's two main production studios. The first step was deciding that the Animatrix should be a feature consisting of several short films rather than a TV series. A TV series would require more episodes of longer stories, averaging 22 minutes each. That would stretch the budget so the quality of each episode would be less, and it would be harder for the styles of different directors to stand out. So Arias invited the anime directors. So some couldn't accept because of prior professional commitments, but a dream team was still was soon assembled. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of creators who Malcolm and I are now familiar with worked on this, including uh, most notably Shinichiro Watanabe, creator of Cowboy Bebop. He worked on two of the shorts. He worked on Detective Story and <laughs> Let Me Get My... And oh, he worked on Kid Story as well. Huh. Mm. It's not the one he I would have expected. He stories and titles, huh? Yeah, yeah he liked those. Um, the final fly of the Osiris was actually done by the video game company Square Enix uh, because of the time they were they were trying to become a movie studio with the film right. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, yeah. which uh, which ended their film dreams pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, you can really uh, tell in that one. We'll, we'll get into it more, but you could really tell yeah. like I was like, this yeah. feels like a video game. <laughs> like it felt like a video game cut. So, all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Wait till we cover Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy of the Spirits Within, because that is a that is a, not a very good movie. And also the production is uh, <laughs> imagine if a video game studio that had no experience making movies tried to make a movie and it went about as well as you could have expected <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in just about every regard. The graphics um, were good, but. Visuals are good, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of this. I'm, I'm combing over this uh, article from Animation World. It's actually a 2003 article that kind of gives me the thing. So uh, I'll put that in the show notes because honestly, I'm just like plagiarizing this right now. <laughs> uh, very good article, though, um, just about the making of it. Super details. Uh, but we only have so much time, so let's get right into the shorts. Um, you yeah. guys, Malcolm, you watched it in a different order than me. I had one link that had one order. And you had a link, you one way that had a different order. Um, I'm going to go by Wikipedia order, which is uh, (laughs) just the easiest thing to do because it gives me the cast list and other info. So we're going to talk about first the final flight of the Osiris. Final flight. Okay, that's the last one that I saw. Yeah, that was the last one I saw as well. It definitely works better if you watch it last because it's the one that ties in directly to the Matrix uh, Reloaded. Um, Yeah. This was a short, uh, so this was done by Square Enix, and this was a short that I remember when the Animatrix came out, because um, of course, you know, it came out as a DVD, so in that regard, if you're watching on DVD, you could just watch these in any order you want. Uh, the power of DVDs, everyone. <laughs> I, actually, DVD. <laughs> I, I saw this b- because I was that Matrix fanboy. I knew that it was coming out, and it was uh, as a promo for the Animatrix, released, um, bef- it, it was shown right before the movie Dreamcatcher. I heard well, about I, that. Yeah, I, saw, so I, I went just, and saw this garbage I, movie I didn't even want to see, <laughs> just to see this one short that was like five minutes long with some sexy fight undressing. 
yeah that was wild it's like the yeah this one was just like they're like it's a very un almost matrixy thing where it's like yeah these cat was a captain thaddeus and like yeah uh is it you 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 i think it was yeah i have a lot yeah i do have a tendency of not getting the names right at all I watched it this uh, like six hours earlier, and I should have um, phonetically typed out the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, but this one was wild because it's like, yeah, you start off with that sword fighting scene where, yeah. where I mean, it's very like matrixy in that regard of just like oh, yeah. you know of this like I don't know like just the the style of it like this like kind of this Japanese influence of like I don't know it brought me back to um, to what was which one was it was it yeah I guess it was Reloaded that had a similar scene. Uh, well, the first one has the dojo scene, the iconic dojo scene with Morpheus and uh, Neo. We'll and they honest. also fight and kiss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, the, uh, the Wachowskis were not ready uh, to, to play their queer cards yet for uh, that yeah, one, alas. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, but no, so yeah, it's, it's a badass uh, sword fighting scene. They're both blindfolded. Um, it leads to some, you know, very strategic cutting of clothing, Oh wait, yeah, this is this is still Final Fight of the Osiris. I was almost confused. Um, so yeah, it's it's funny that of course again this is two thousand three um, when Yue's clothes are being cut off, the camera is very clear on what it's focusing on. But when she cuts the clothes off of uh, Thaddeus, uh, the nudity is uh, much less prominent. Oh yeah, for sure. The the only time you get to see uh, Thaddeus in his like full full dojo thong is like a wide shot. Yeah, when they're getting pulled away from uh, from that that reality because they're getting attacked by the Sentinels. Yeah, so you get to see it like once, and it's like you know, it's not super prominent as opposed to when they clearly focus on her. Uh... It, it's also funny that it's just such a switch in the whole short. It goes from, "Hey, here's some people undressing and fighting," and then here they're they're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> This short disappointed me upon my uh, first re- first watch since, you know, watching it back in like 2003 or whatever, because I remember it was super hyped and uh, I was left wanting more. I didn't realize, for one thing, how short it was, um, but also just how little kind of happens, especially with the uh, the Matrix stuff at the end. I just yeah. thought, you know, in my imagination, there was more to that. So, yeah, uh, they get woken up after the fight by the fact that the Sentinels are attacking. So uh, UA, she has to jack back into the matrix and uh deliver some information i guess it's regard what's the information it's that the sentinels are attacking and then that's what yeah they... this is what one of the only two shorts that is referenced in the movies so yeah. uh this is basically in the movie so yeah we got we got a message from the osiris that they're, that they're attacking and that's why at the beginning of matrix re- reloaded they're all you know gearing up and trying to do everything they can because they got this message otherwise the movie wouldn't have happened but yeah yeah it's it's, yeah, it's it's okay it's okay yeah <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's weird because like it's in my mind one of the weakest ones like it's weakest it for like the yeah. animation is like because like everything else is all like that kind of more traditional like 2d animation where this is like this 3d i think this might be one of the first 3d projects we've covered on the podcast i, I don't think we've done anything quite like the animation style of final flight yeah, we did Promare, but that was kind of 3D anime. anime. Um, so it used 3D effects while still being kind of 2D sometimes. Um, yeah. yeah, this was explicitly like this. They wanted, I mean, this looks like the best video game cutscene you've seen in 2003. That's what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
it looks like it looks good like it looks yeah like it looks good for that where you're just like oh yeah like because a lot of video games like i have these vivid memories growing up like playing like gta like three or gta like san andreas or gta like i play a lot of gta gta five city um uh, where I had this vivid like memories of playing it, and it's like this really you know visualized world, and like I could see all the pedestrians and like the cops and all this stuff. And then like I went back to it, I was like, what the hell? Like I like made up like almost half of the visuals. Well, here's uh, the thing, Malcolm. You weren't playing JRPGs like I was. You weren't playing Final Fantasy X, of which this cutscene looks exactly like that, minus the vibrance of the world of Final Fantasy X. <laughs> um, Plus, yeah. sex- I mean, minus sexy fighting. Yeah. So. I mean, Final Fantasy X is still pretty damn sexy. I mean, you, you guys don't know. You guys don't know. Uh, you guys didn't develop a crush on Riku, eh? I don't even know I, who I, you're I talking about. I don't even about. remember anymore. Final Fantasy X is a great game. It's aged very well. Um, but anyways, this, this is by, I'm Riku. referencing that because Square Enix, of course, who made the short, also made Final Fantasy. Um, so that's the thing. This short has very video game cutscene vibes, but also like the stuff that like UA is doing when she jacks back into the Matrix. She's basically just doing a couple flips uh, for for kind of no apparent reason. And then she drops like a cassette off into a mailbox. And that's basically it. Uh, there's yeah. no like agent fight or anything cool. She uh, she drops a cassette into a mailbox while her teammates get ripped apart and then she dies and uh, says uh, Thaddeus's name one last time. Yeah. Well, we, it's, it's also just a running theme of all these shorts that it's, it's gonna, just going to be sad or tragic at the end. It's just not going to go well, basically. All it's, pretty much every single one of them. It's the tone of the Matrix. What can I say? It's not. I guess there is hope at the very end, but even then, there's but, like two of them that I I felt uh, had like decent endings where I was like, oh, there's like some, maybe some hope. Uh, although, like, they're, you know, all dark on certain levels. Yeah. Like, like, at least thematically. But, yeah, this one, you know what's so crazy? is like you, Jen, were just mentioning that they put this in front of Dreamcatcher, which is just a notoriously bad movie mm-hmm. based on an awful Stephen King novel. <laughs> um, is that this would not have been my choice. Like, after having watched all the shorts, oh. this would not have been the choice. Like, I would have been like, let's hide this know. one. Like, I actually think, like, the second Resistance, or sorry, the second uh, Renaissance, like, the two parts of that is, like, I feel like just as one longer short would have been way better to show. Because it feels like, oh, this is, like, this prequel. And I, yeah, this this prequel to, like, how did they get to the Matrix? Because, like, I mean, I guess we'll just move on. I don't think. Yeah, there's... let's let's move on. And, and in the order of my notes, it's also the next one, which uh, which works a lot for this. Um, but yeah, the second Renaissance is it's, this is basically what people would want to see for a Matrix prequel movie if they did that. You know what I mean? Like this is a story you want. And when I p- tell people about the Animatrix, you know, I tell them about the second Renaissance, uh, which is awesome. So yeah, it's a two parter. We'll just discuss it as one. Um, yeah, this is a story of how the machines conquered the human race. This is a, probably my favorite one out of, out of all of them. It's just it's without the a doubt. Anima- animation, this is symbology in it. Uh, you know, just I, even watching this, I was like, ah, you know, I would, I love that this is anime, but I also wanted to have a full movie of this. Like, if they had made this into a series or into a movie, I would definitely watch it. You know, anime or real life, doesn't matter. But that's, it's such an interesting story. Yeah, this was for me like yeah, like you just said. That's what I was what I was thinking when I was watching it. It was like it, this feels like sort of the pitch to like a really interesting Matrix prequel series. 
Because like there's elements of like iRobot. Like I feel like iRobot kind of lifted stuff from this. Because like if you remember an iRobot, like it's all about like the you know I mean the robot that's on trial for murder. <laughs> um, uh, and like and this is essentially you know plays into this, except obviously uh, instead of you know even allowing a trial to happen, they're just like, well, we're gonna kill this robot, and I guess all robots need to go now, which I, I think is really interesting. Like it's just like. The fact that like they've created like all these you know humanoid robots in man's image, and then once it starts like as they become more, I guess of man, you know that's when it becomes too scary. I guess it's like yeah, when do we cross over in that? Um, what's that? The um, something valley? Oh, fuck, I'm, Un- I'm, uncanny valley. Oh, yeah, uncanny valley. Yeah, it's like when do we get into that uncanny valley element? Like, yes. do we like as humans would we actually like? Just like just go past it and be like oh i don't even know what that is anymore or would we always kind of know yeah um fair enough this, so i just want to say this short was directed by uh mahiro maida who famously uh worked on the uh the anime short in kill bill volume one there was an anime short for that no well like within kill bill volume one this the uh the backstory of lucy Liu's character oh yeah yeah, yeah. Does, yeah i remember did, that he did key animation for that sequence uh he also did work on evangelion actually so, I, I love so. the uh, the art of this one as well. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous because this is brutal. Like I want to say, like once they start like killing the robots, when, when, when the robots be, being that female robot when they're beating her to shit is just like so hard to watch. Oh yeah, because initially you don't know if that's a like a robot or not. Yeah, that's you think some dudes so are just crazy. like you know assaulting some women, but yeah. Um, there's a lot of images I, I noted. There's an image that invokes um, that Vietnamese guy who got shot yeah. in the head. Um, yeah. There's an image of that them doing that to a robot. Also, when like Bigger is um, killing his family or or his quote unquote master, first of all, he kills a cat. I don't like that. Cat murder is bad. Uh, <laughs> so Bigger, Bigger, you should be put on trial for killing the cat. Not your not your masters though. They were bad people because he rips apart that lady's face and you just see the brain come out. Like yeah. Oh my god, it's graphic. Uh, when we get to the war stuff, you see machines just like rip people apart um, in a way that even the movies weren't willing to show. Like they're just I, like. I always think about animators. How much time you're spending animating a guy's or, or a person's face being ripped off and just <laughs> sitting there drawing it over and over and over again? I mean, you got to carry that home and sleep with these images in your head. Oh man. There's also uh, a reference to the Million Man March with the Million Machine March protest. Uh, and after Bigger has his trial, uh, him and all models of his kind were ordered destroyed. Uh, humanity, man, humanity, when you watch this, you're like, yeah, humanity totally deserved it. Because <laughs> uh, even when we see humans, every time we see them, even if it's just soldiers, they're portrayed as just uh, monsters, like inhuman. Well, there's that, like, right. you've seen at the United Nations where, like, after like, it's established that the you know, the robots have left uh, and they're like trying to start their own like city and they're trying to go to the UN being like, no, we're friendly. Like we can just, we can coexist. And like, they basically yeah. just rip them apart. Like the two representatives from zero one. And just like, I guess the implication is they don't really show it is that they just essentially kill them. They're like, yeah. no, but then because also, there's a great shot of the apple that like becomes like. Yeah. A robot. Yeah. Also that those two representatives, that robot was wearing a top hat. Why does he need a top hat? <laughs> I did like that. I was like, I like that there's a little cheeky humor in there. You're just great. Like, I, I was like, he just is missing the monocle and a little mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
I also I also just like the detail of the fact that uh, so the machines, they create this new state called zero one. And because they're machines, humanity can't like compete with them economically because they're just yeah. developing more and more technology and goods. And obviously they're robots. They they probably don't even need to pay each other. They just kind of live in on as AI and they're self-replicating. Yeah. yeah, this this is just awesome world building. Um, We'd be fucked How if robots got that far. Yeah, how cool was that scene where they're blackening the sky? Because it's mentioned in the Matrix One, the first Matrix. Yeah, we, get we to black see that. the sky, and we actually get to see that. It, it, I mean, it, that was the moment I thought, "Oh man, this would be so cool to see in a movie." You know, every, all humans reacting to their sky being blotched out. Yeah, you that know? would be crazy. That like that visual would just be so amazing. Like as because mm -hmm. like, I loved it even in this like the show. Yeah. yeah, but you put that like on the big screen, and you're just like. You know, people going like, is this too far? Because then you can obviously do like a really interesting story about humans going like, I think this is going too far. Because it's only really hurting them. Because I know what is it, their, their implication of their blackening. What is it? Wait, it was the humans blackening the sky. The humans blacken the sky because the, uh, the machines at that point were solar powered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's what I remember. But it's funny because it's like a bit of a mutually assured destruction because as it's like kind of laid out in the second part, like the uh you know humans like are made of protein and that's sort of the stuff that like right. is the humans you know downfall in some ways well uh, yeah. another another very incompetent thing the humans uh do before they blacken the sky is they drop nukes on zero one but the, the machines aren't affected by radiation so it doesn't really do much damage <laughs> didn't think ahead did you human yeah. humans you know uh humanity is really incompetent uh in this backstory uh they they drop nukes on a on a on a species or whatever you or on a species life form that's unaffected by radiation and then they blacken the sky um on an intelligent species that just figures out a, a workaround um humanity just you know i don't know maybe everyone just gets really dumb in the future what, what i also loved was when that whole battle scene erupts you know oh, this cool symbology happening there but they it's just a telltale uh tell tale sign of the times where they put on this 90s techno music people shooting each other the techno music oh yeah that was definitely you could yeah there was like i feel like yeah i feel like the matrix popularized that where it was just like oh it was really cool with the matrix and then it was just like all these kind of mediocre matrix ripoffs like equilibrium and like um and all that we're just like doing the same thing but not as well long quotes and techno um, yeah. I do love the robot. Uh, during the battle sequence, you see a, a robot blowing on a horn while on a robot horse, and that robot is very cool. There's several like horses in the whole like scene and like this like all these little shorts. And I was like, it made me kind of think of like I don't really recall. It's been a little bit since I watched the Matrix trilogy. Uh, like seeing animals uh, anywhere in any of the Matrix movies outside of maybe a dog. Am I? There's the cat when, when the glitch happens in the Matrix. Oh, uh, yeah. First Matrix, the, the, oh, yeah, the cat. They That's notice what there's thinking. a cat there. And there's a lot of cats in the Animatrix, too. Yeah, yeah. there's quite a few cats. Thankfully, uh, cats other than uh, Bigger's cat uh, suffer a better fate in the later yeah. ones, which I'm but happy I, about. Yeah, but I did love that, like, sort of robot horse. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, man, that would be so cool. Again, also to see, like, like live action. I think that would just be a yeah. really cool sequence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the humans, they sign a surrender treaty at the UN and then the machines detonate a nuke killing all of humanity's leadership. Uh, yeah, you know, at that point, I mean, yeah, the machines were the dominant winners. Why not just go all the way? Interesting, like, fight because in some ways, like, obviously, like, the machines kind of started it with 
bigger, you know, committing the first murder. However, humans reaction to that where really in theory, it should have just been like, okay, it's this one robot where, you know, we'll put it on trial and we'll treat it more as like, this was an isolated incident. But the fact that then their response was not to do that and to like wipe out everyone, like it becomes a, it is really interesting. Yeah. War, you know, obviously warfare. And Malcolm, never in the entire history of humanity have uh, humans uh, singled out an entire uh, group of people for an isolated incident. That's never happened, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> happened. This is only happens in the world of the Matrix. Yeah, this is not an allegory for life. <laughs> this is not an allegory for anything. This is uh, completely apolitical. The Matrix, a famous <laughs> a film that some people would tell you has no trans themes or any themes at all. The Matrix yeah. was not a political movie. Uh <laughs> Yeah, why do they keep making the yeah making it so politicized? It's the red pill. Just red pill just means going on a cool adventure. But I I I was thinking while I was watching, especially the flight of Osiris, Osiris, I don't know anymore. But it's crazy how in this and also the movies they're mixing all this like political, like philosophical stuff with just like base sexy, (laughs) sexies and leather and BDSM (laughs) clubs and stuff like that. I was like, it's like kind of brilliant how they're mixing it all together. (laughs) The Matrix movies are fucking sexy. I mean, you know, obviously it was, you know, created by, you know, two queer trans people. And, you know, yeah, this isn't Marvel. These aren't Marvel movies. They're not movies where like if someone kisses, that's a rarity. Like, oh. yeah, people go to raves. Um, there's just bodies everywhere, especially when I did my rewatch a couple of weeks ago. Obviously. Yeah, cave. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or even just like Neo sex, sex scene with Trinity. And you can't even tell like the, the gender of uh, you can't even tell which is which. Like they're just kind of like two almost like uh, non-binary uh, people. Because, again, they're both bald. So they're just two bodies just kind of, you know. mashing together together. but yeah that's the thing i mean yeah the the matrix movies are sexy they're they were done by you know two directors who obviously now that we know more about them probably were just like in their in their meantime we're just going out to raves and you know doing poppers having fun uh you know obviously exploring themselves the matrix movies are sexy though and uh, as opposed to the the (laughs) stuff we have now uh, marvel shit i like marvel stuff folks but it's easy to bash because they're they're very sexless just watch um, the next Marvel movie is going to have a ton of leather. Just a bunch yeah. of leather. Is there any more thoughts on, I mean, obviously the second Renaissance, there's so much that happens in just these 15 minutes. Like, yeah. this, like again, they compress a thing that you could have turned into an entire movie trilogy into 15 minutes. And you know what? Uh, brevity, brevity is the source of wit, as they say. Yeah, I also heard, saw in the credits that apparently the Wachowskis, I think, wrote the second Renaissance script. Yeah, they wrote four of them. They wrote four of these shorts. Yeah, it's, and it can really you can really tell like it does does feel like because it like comes you know this is all coming out at the time like before streaming right so it's like if you wanted to do television it was like I guess we got to air this on like NBC or something it's like that doesn't work like it's not and like this you know and HBO wasn't you know where it is now so it's just like where yeah. this couldn't be told any other way but now it's like yeah you can make this like a streaming show and it it'd be like the number one show like it'd yeah. be. It's like it's, what I want to see, rather you know, rather than some of the stuff that's coming out. So, but uh, you know what? Um, here's the thing. Like, I, I'm perfectly fine with this. Uh, you, sometimes you don't need eight hours or sixty hours. Sometimes, if you if you can tell the story in fifteen minutes and tell it that well, good on you. I'd say. Also, but, sorry, I just want to say before we uh, get to kid story, is uh, that ending image of all the like people, like because there's like also this oh, horrifying man, there's, image there's, of like. Of the people like being oh, yeah. put into the red pods and like ha- you know some Have of them are like are cut off. 
one person's like half body. Like it looked all like uh, if you've ever been to uh, was it Body Works, uh, Body World? Yeah, right. It, it felt like that. Those images, but like they're still alive. And then like obviously, as humans sort of are created, they're just put into those pods. Yeah, it's uh, nightmare material. Yeah, just, like, this is horrifying. Oh. The uh, yeah, because yeah, we also get to see the uh, machines experiment on the the initial pod people, and yeah, you see um one dude he's like laughing and crying because the machines are just kind of fucking with his brain, testing it out, and then next to him you can, which is slightly out of focus, you see a dude with his face just missing because obviously they fucked yeah. around with that guy. It's so just good, like guys. We did with the machines. You tit know, for tat, tit for tat. Watch the second Renaissance, folks. It's it's the Matrix prequel you need, like. It's it's mm-hmm. the pre- worth the price of admission alone. Um, kid story. Let's talk about kid. He's not kid. Everyone's favorite character from the <laughs> oh Matrix sequels. <laughs> most annoying character. Okay, he's not he's not an, as annoying in this. He's just he's a great fine character, but in the movies, oh boy, he takes he's, up a lot of screen time in Revolutions that could have gone to say Morpheus or Neo or Trinity characters we yeah. like. And it's just the same thing over and over. It's like, huh, what? Oh. Oh, oh, what? Like, it's just a constant. (laughs) So, you know, this this, uh, short, it does feature Keanu Reeves as Neo, even though it doesn't really sound like him, because some people just sound different when they are doing voice work, I guess. Uh, It's the same actor reprising uh, their role as Kid, of course, as well, because it's a tie-in short. Um, So, you know, the the parallels between Neo and Kid are obviously pretty clear. Um, Kid is on his computer talking to someone in the first Matrix. It was... um, Neo contacting Trinity. In this case, it's Kid contacting Neo. And it's, you know, it's a little role reversal. Um, so Kid, he's this kind of disillusioned teenager. Um, at one point when he goes to school, you see his locker. And uh, all the other lockers are just like normal. But Kid's locker is covered in graffiti because he's a rebel. Get it? Symbolism? Oh, yeah. yeah. Symbolism, guys. Um, so Kid, he's writing all about it in his notebook about Neo. And then his phone, it keeps going off in class. And uh, he answers it, and it's Neo, and he tells him the agents are coming to get him. This short's very basic, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's it's very like... basic, but I, I really enjoyed uh, the animation style during the 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 chasing. You know how the chasing the, is awesome. The sense of yeah. movement is great. It feels like you know the stretching of the limbs, and when they're going around corners, it's just a really really fun thing to watch oh yeah i mean it, it also it's got that like i don't know if you, either of you have seen that movie a scanner darkly but yes, it's like yes, got this yes, scratchy yes. like realistic like it kind mm. of almost looks like the actor was like acting out most of those scenes or like the actors because like they are very like human like lifelike uh which i really loved also i really loved like because it kept like this it starts and ends with like him obviously like the kid uh like jumping to his death uh from this school like this building um and for whatever reason yeah it's like that dream it's like very dreamlike as well where it's like you can tell like oh this isn't real but it's like everyone else is acting like it is Mm -hmm. um obviously except for kid um (laughs) i don't know it's funny because yeah as you said like he's not a good character in the movies and yet i kind of liked him in this although kind of at the end you start seeing like why he's so annoying when he like wakes up uh and he's like (laughs) He's like, you know, Neil's like, you saved yourself. And it's like, no, but you saved me. And um, you're, and are we best friends now? And Neil's like, no, we're not. I got a lot of things to do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's the ending of it. Um, basically, a kid, he gets, uh, he goes to the roof of his school. 
The agents have confronted him. He's got nowhere else to. He's got nothing left to do. So he jumps off, uh, and he enters the world of the Matrix. Uh, well, the one thing is when he's falling, you see him like go past the like. There's like this spiky fence. And yeah. I kept oh, yeah. like, I thought it was, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I thought they were going to impale him. Like I was like, I was just waiting just, for like a wide <laughs> shot imagine? of him just like impaled on this fence and him just like dying. <laughs> and then like the teachers and the agents being like, oh boy. <laughs> like, the, the most horrific death. And then Neo's like, oh, welcome, welcome. He's like, holy shit. That was <laughs> horrifying. What if he, what if he did yeah. die and Neo found out and he's just like, oh, he, he died? Oh, well, shit, that was some bad advice. I guess I Yeah, nobody told him to jump from a building. Why did he do that? Uh, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we needed him to go and actually be captured by the agent. He keeps like... Yeah, oh, he's killing himself. Uh, yeah, but I, also I want to say it's like when he's talking to uh, when the kid's talking to Neo on like the chat service. I kind of love that. Like back then, they're like, "Oh, in the future, like chats, like you'll be able to see every single letter as someone's typing out a message." Like instead of just like the sentence <laughs> right. appearing, it's just like T H E, you know, M A T R I X. It's a good tool for suspense, right? Great tool for suspense. It would be so you, annoying if that was in real life. I'd be like, "Fuck off!" I can't. I oh, know. dude, the, the the times the the amount of times I've sent people text messages where I have to tone down my uh my rhetoric because sometimes I get angry and I'll like write something angry and then erase it and uh say something a lot more neutral. I'm like, "Oh God!" The short ends with um you see in the quote unquote like um the Matrix world where like someone uh he you see his tombstone and someone comments that oh yeah he was just you know. A messed up kid and then it cuts back to the the reality where neo and trinity um see him and talk about how this is the first time someone's done a self-substantiation uh and then yeah it ends with the uh the computer the computer text which says who are you am i alone and then it answers you are not alone mm-hmm. this is this is one of the two in the animatrix where people kind of by their own strengths or their own skills kind of see beyond the reality kid is much more successful because he just appears in the movies he gets that luxury yeah <laughs> yeah the runner guy not so much no poor runner he was cool yeah, i wish yeah. we saw the runner in the movies i, I i'd replace a kid with the runner especially because you know, he could run he could oh, really day. fast he could have been like you know doing doing things uh i don't know in zion or whatever do we want to just talk about that now? Like, go move on yeah, to the world let's, record. Let's let's do world record. Uh, so this guy Dan, he he's he's a world record holding runner, but he got disqualified um, due to drug use, and so his goal is to kind of prove everything everything uh, wrong at this track event. Hmm. Isn't that um, an interesting one to like think that like oh even in the Matrix world they would just be like yeah we still have the Olympics like the Olympics survived. <laughs> Uh, like, you know they gotta placate you somehow but i liked it i i like like i actually really like the animation style for this like it's like it's very different from everything else like it's the most sort of like uh dreamlike i you know i was reading online mm. before we recorded that some people like think this is the weakest of them all like of all the shorts which i i disagree with because i think the last flight was weaker it was, it was so interesting for example when he's running to not make it go fast it was like the slowest race known to man that really slowed down the action of running which is a really interesting choice to make but yeah you know as you were saying john uh yeah it yeah it is interesting that they wanted it to be slow but i guess like part of it's like for the robots 
they don't want people to think they can go faster or do like extra like extra things because i mean the fact is is with dan it's like he's so driven to be the fastest and like mm-hmm. set this world record that he actually like awakens from like the pod right. that he's in for a brief moment and he yeah, realizes he it's not like not real on some level yeah, yeah. and in, in a way you know taking the drugs beforehand or it, it's he's not getting closer to reality with that and it's just through relying on his skill and his strength of his own body you know you kind of pushes through that so it's uh yeah it's it's i, I like yeah. it too i thought it was a great one what do you think about uh dan's trainer because <laughs> his trainer has oh, the most boy. incredible the most incredible hand gestures <laughs> they really knew what they were doing with that character huh <laughs> oh buddy i love him i love the trainer so much uh this is this is obviously an audio podcast but uh just pay attention to the hand gestures because uh the animators were working double time to do what that guy does he was like the fastest person in the actual short <laughs> yes <laughs> uh great little character um the uh, the depiction of running in this, like when you just see his muscles bursting, oh my god! Ugh, ugh, ugh. I will say there was one shot in it that I was like, why did they animate this? It was when he's walking to his building, the reporter comes in, is like, hey, can I talk to you? And he throws a key, his keys over to, I guess, the oh, yeah. ballet or something. And, it and goes they like- this whole thing about it. I was like, what? What was that all about? Maybe, maybe they had to add some time. They were just like, we got we got a couple uh, seconds left in the budget. Right. Let's animate these keys flying. Yeah, he's just like, I've got this idea for this other thing, but I really need to test it out. Uh, so can we just like have him chuck some keys? Like that was just new, <laughs> like like just like a new animation. That style. sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. I love it. I love keys. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> they lock my doors uh, when I go out. Yeah. So <laughs> the sequence where he bursts through the matrix, my God, when he gets to like actually see what the real world looks like. Oh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Very cool. I loved it when like the agents were getting involved and uh, you know ch- turning uh, the the other runners into agents. Yeah, all the hands grabbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Like just like seeing that, like it's like oh yeah, this is not a real world. And then like also at the very end when he's like you know because it kind of cuts to later where he's like in this you know the wheelchair and the nurse is sort of wheeling him away. You see the agent kind of distantly following and like the whole like kind of that um grim grimness of just like oh he'll never like he's never even gonna walk again like yeah, you're gonna yeah. bind him like he's not even gonna be able to stand like because, and then the fact that he free kind of frees himself at the end i was like this is such a great ending like him just like yeah. forcing himself up sort of being like the they'll never really win uh yeah. although it's like he's kind of going for that freedom that like he's just driven in a different way that even machines don't understand you two have watched a lot more anime than me till now. So, sometimes I watch anime and there's certain things, maybe like the key, because it had like a cross shape too, just like at the end of the cross at the wall or the walnuts that he's hold, holding, right? So sometimes I'm watching anime and I go, uh, I bet I bet this has some kind of symbolism, but I just don't know what it is. And it does. it's not kind of explained either. Like the walnuts. What was the point of walnuts or the keys? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed the walnuts as well. And I was like, I don't get that. Like, I was just like, is this just like someone again? He's just like, man, I love walnuts. And I really want because I noticed that in times in some of these shows where it's just like, why is it there? Oh, it's just because the creator really loves this random thing. So he's going to fucking shoehorn it in. But I feel like the key is more symbolic, at least in this short 
of mm-hmm. like the freedom of like you know using like getting out like kind of getting out of the shackles that yeah. he is like in the pod and like like and being able to like not be plugged in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, wallets think... and keys. Wallets and keys. I got to have them in my shorts. Okay, I gotta have them. <laughs> yeah, get those wallets and keys in there. <laughs> Yeah, now I gotta go back and watch uh, Redline and see if how many bullets and keys are in that. Uh, uh, let's talk about program because I almost forgot program wasn't part of this, uh, which kind of says something about program. Maybe I don't think yeah. it's bad per se, but it's just the ideas are forgettable. I, I like the animation to it. Yeah. It's it's done in this like samurai setting, but it doesn't help that the characters. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're the, the 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 villain character in this is just straight up cipher, and everything he says is. You could just tell me it was dialogue from Cipher, and I wouldn't, you know, notice. Yeah, it was. It's definitely probably the one of the weakest of the bunch for me. Yeah, it's it's not poorly animated at all. None of these are. Oh. The samurai setting is really cool, but yeah, it's about this woman. Um, she's in a training simulator. She's got a partner named Duo, and Duo basically tells her, "I'm gonna re-enter the Matrix. Uh, this world sucks. Uh, come back with me." And she rejects him, and uh, she's yeah. She, uh, she, it turns out it was all a test. It was, it was a program, uh, by, I guess her ship leader, uh, to prove whether or not she could be tricked. And he says, good job. And she punches him in the face uh, at the end. This was kind of similar to, uh, last flight of Osiris. Um, like just in terms of like the, there's, it's just this fight kind of between some sort of lovers. And, but then like, obviously the last flight actually has meaning and ties into the matrix where this one, it was just sort of like, yeah. And then like they fought and you know, she's, you know, having asserts her freedom. And like, I feel like the, the big reason exists is because they were just like, it'd be cool if we did some matrix stuff, but it's in set in feudal Japan. Like that's kind of like, yeah, the whole idea. Like they, they were like, I have this image and I'm going to shoehorn whatever story I need to <laughs> into this. Uh, which again, it was kind of cool to like be able to like explore that, like because that's one thing I liked about these some of these shorts is that they were like going into different settings uh, that aren't in the Matrix movies themselves. Like we'll get to it, but I really loved uh, Detective Story because it's so different. And like, yeah, you should play into that. Like, oh, if this is all like, if there's certain worlds that are simulations, like why aren't we seeing more of that like Western world or like you know, you know, noir world or whatnot. But I guess right. then you're getting into sort of a Westworld television show element of that. Yeah, uh, and the director the of this, lines. the director of this short is no slouch. Um, Yoshiaki uh, Kawajiri, he did uh, Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust, which were two massive hits. So you know he's he's not a slouch when it comes to the animation department. Uh, Ninja Scroll, of course, was definitely something the Wachowskis were familiar with because it came out in 1993. But, uh, we never covered them, so I have no idea what they are. I'm just saying it's uh, a big deal. Oh, he works. He also works on another uh, WB animated short thing. He worked on Batman Gotham Knight, which was a. Uh, oh. Did you know? Uh, did you know there was an animatrix style uh, tie-in to the Dark Knight universe? No. No, there was. It does feature Killer Croc though? You're hitting all the notes here. I, 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 the Matrix and Batman are my two fanboy areas. <laughs> Oh, huge <laughs> Batman, that's, that's good yeah. to know they're connected that's good to know yeah um but yeah i mean like i said this the short has very good animation but the idea is just so basic and it's an idea that the first matrix already explored with the you know cypher so yeah yeah exactly so i don't have much to say about this but you mentioned detective story uh, malcolm so let's do that one this was one of my favorites outside of like uh 
uh, second re uh, renaissance. Like I loved the style of this. Like this was, it was so interesting to see like a private detective kind of in that like mold of like, you know, Philip Marlowe, like, you know, that down on his luck, like smoking cigarettes. Uh, but then you have that set, obviously you've set in the, you know, in the future and he's actually talking to Trinity. Like, that was the big, like almost twist of the solace that this is like Trinity shows up, which I fucking yeah. love because like you saw Neo earlier and you're like, oh, well, they actually bring in Trinity now. And it's like, yeah, here she is. <laughs> it, it, that, that's so funny because for me, I was bored out of my mind for this one. <laughs> oh, interesting. I love the train yeah. fight. Like I was a big fan of like, the yeah and maybe it's because i like i yeah like i just have always had a big like soft spot for these uh kinds of like these black and white noirs but yeah i don't yeah, know the, it was, the train fight was really cool like the ending where he i mean i didn't understand why trinity kind of just shot him and then like left and then he's just like i'm dying in the no-win situation and then just like you know is kind of offing the well, agent she she shoots him so the agents can't take him over basically oh yeah i guess he does yeah that is right yeah, the the train fight was definitely fun, and the the animation of it, you know, the look of it, also really dug that because just in general, noir is so interesting to look at, and you know, it takes a lot of work yeah. to get noir right. But I, I don't know, like the first up until he finds Trinity, I was just like, I don't really care about this guy, and there's no real you know emotion to it. Like I couldn't describe the character to you at all if you asked me. You know, there's no real defining qual qualities to him, so I was like, ah, I, I just couldn't get into it at all. I I totally get that. There is like a bit of a shallowness there. Like it's like it's very much like he's the trope of that guy, like of that like private detective of that era, and nothing more. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't. Maybe I just like I was. Maybe I was just also so so surprised to see this in here. Right. I think yeah. that was it. I was also like surprised by it. Like I'm just like what? Like they're gonna do this? Like mm -hmm. who would I would never have guessed that. Um, you know what was really fun though was he, he, him leaving and his cat going, hey, if I got your hat, and she throws it the hat. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, so, Malcolm, this short was uh, directed by Shinichiro Watanabe as well. So, yeah, two two shorts from the Cowboy Bebop guy. Kid story in this. Okay, you can kind of tell it was him, like, in some yeah. ways. The fact that it, like, kind of had that boldness. It wasn't as funny as I would have expected, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. And and do you know the 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 guy who voices him? I looked it up. He also voices Ratchet and Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, oh. and Obi and Obi Wan Kenobi as well. Oh no way! Wow. Yeah, he does it. In, he's been doing him for the Clone Wars uh, since like 2003 as well. James Earl Taylor. That's so. It's yeah. It's wild. Some of those these guys and girls who do the voiceover, and you're just like, oh, they do all. They have all these credits, and like you would just never know who they were uh, unless you really knew their voice or knew these shows. James Earl Taylor himself has a connection to Square Enix because he did. He was the lead voice in Final Fantasy X. So oh, wow. it all connects. It all connects. There we go. Also, there we go. It kind of just makes sense also. It's it's a voice actor from 2003. Uh, a lot of people worked on Final Fantasy X, including John DiMaggio. He played a, he played a white guy with a Caribbean accent called uh, Waka. Well, yeah. John DiMaggio is the voice of Kaiser in, um, in program. John DiMaggio is awesome. I noticed he's been doing more live action shows lately too. And I'm like, why not just give him a full live action show? He's a good actor. But you know, animation's also comfortable. Um, do you guys, which one do you want to talk about? We got two shorts left. Do we want to end on a more positive note or a bleak note? 
I'm I'm easy for both. Whichever, whichever uh, beyond about. is closer to my notes, so we're gonna do Beyond. I also really enjoyed this one. This one was like I love the animation of this one. This one was just like yeah, very bright. Like I feel like again the dark. The one thing with the Matrix is it's a pretty like you know dark. Like as we said or as Jack you were saying earlier, it's it's a sexy it's a sexy show. It's you know like it's a lot of leather. It's a lot of everyone's wearing sunglasses at night. You know, <laughs> you know. If you're if you don't have black hair, you're you're bald. <laughs> like that's like like and so but for this one it's just like, you know, they're I guess yeah, I don't know what city they're in, but I guess it's Japan because the character's name is Yuki and her uh, cat is called or no, uh her the main character is called Yoko and she's looking for her cat Yuki. Right, so right. that would be Japan. So Japan exists in the uh, simulation of the Matrix. Yeah, it was so fun and playful. And the animation style too was also, you know, just, just so peaceful in a way. When they were just mm-hmm. hanging out in that place and just enjoying the piece of it, of I guess maybe breaking through or feeling like they've broken through a little bit, whatever that feeling was. But I, it was just that nice watching it because there's not much happening during the, that time other than them playing. You're watching them play for a good, I don't know, three, five minutes. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a nice one. So Yuki, it's, I guess it's that thing if you remember like kids being like are also in the Matrix. Like it's not yeah. these right. kids have to exist as well. Uh, for how, them to grow up because it's like you, I remember there was a, ke- a kid in the second renaissance story but it's like he's that heartbreaking thing where he's like lost and then he's running and he sees like the family but like you don't see their faces and then it's like you know this bright shining light and then all of a sudden that kid in second renaissance yeah. is like it turns out it's like he's in like the like one of those red pods and it's just like oh it's so, so it's so fucked up well yeah. here it's just like oh these kids found this little glitch in the matrix and are basically yeah. I mean, like jumping off the side of like a building and then like being able to like float and not get injured i've, I've got yeah. a question for you guys how does um childbirth even work in the matrix because like every, they're all pod people they're all connected to pods are those so like you know mm. if someone you know ha, uh, you know marries someone has sex has a kid like it's it's people connected to pods. So like, is there just like um... good question? I I think it's probably yeah. I think if somebody gets born and then they have a new person in, in the pod who just they just you know through the software link that baby's consciousness, I guess, to whoever's born. This is me just speculating. Yeah, so, but like I mean, like I guess they also That's have a like question. a they have a bunch of connectors. Yeah. So maybe they take the DNA from someone and that creates a. Uh, that DNA somehow links to the other person in question, and then that links. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. I need to know this. Uh, the Wachowskis, you need to provide a detailed explanation about how uh, how babies get made in the Matrix. Well, they all are kind of intub- intubating in those tubes, right? Those are their kind of wombs. So I'm guessing they grow in there, and maybe that's also where they're growing in the stomach. I just want... I just want to know how the parents work. Like, yeah, I guess it'd be some sort of like, you know, the pro, like the machine programming would understand that. And then, yeah, but then if like you're born in almost some sort of like asexual reproductive process where like you don't actually give birth, but then yes, the baby or child goes into a new pod. Like this, the system basically takes all the proteins and DNA. That's what I would assume based on like what I've seen, but also it could have at all. Based also on Second Renaissance, it could also be an incredibly brutal process. <laughs> that, right. you know, that, that is like almost indescribable about how dark it is, like things being right. ripped yeah. out and then the baby's put into a different pod and like it's just like something like that. Yeah. Um, moving back to the short in uh, Beyond. So these kids, they're playing in an area that's basically glitched. 
Uh, so things like uh, soda, soda cans fall, floating mid-fall, glass bottles reassembling moments after being shattered, uh, broken light bulbs flickering briefly. Um, there, there's also a door that opens to nothingness. So a yeah. bunch of like, again, this is the Matrix is a computer program. So obviously programs have glitches. So it's a, it's a cool idea being explored. Like what happens when, uh, well, even then, like they, they mentioned in the Matrix Reloaded, like vampires come from glitches or something like that, I think. Yeah. Or viruses. Yeah. It's vampire ghosts, basically those two twins who have dreadlocks. Yeah. Those two are this ghosts, just, basically. This is just a nice one. You know, I also like the fact that the, the cat's fate is positive. Um, it's not fun to have a missing cat. Uh, I, I can relate. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm glad uh, the cat Yoko or Yuki. I'm getting Yuki and Yoko confused. I'm glad I'm glad the cat Yuki uh, doesn't suffer uh, the fate that Bigger's cat suffered. I like yeah. this. Is, this is one of my favorite ones. Renaissance, yeah. this one. It's a much different tone, you know, especially because so many of these are bleak. And I guess the ending isn't super positive because I think one of the kids is the the cause of the glitch. So uh, they get taken away. But Mm -hmm. but by the standards of these other shorts, it it ends on a nicer note. I also like that the kids are like the people in the neighborhood kind of know there's the glitches in some ways because they kind of keep talking about this as like a haunted house where like Mm -hmm. the kids play. Like it's just uh, it's referenced a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it's it is a little heartbreaking at one moment when the agents appear and you're like, oh god damn it, like all these they're just gonna kill all these kids. But like, yeah, it's just like only the one is kind of taken away. But also I guess they realize the agents realize like, oh, these kids are not developed enough to actually understand what's going on. So it's just like if we right. repair it, they might be disappointed that like, oh, these things that we saw aren't happening, but like, mm-hmm. you know, but they'll move on and probably forget about it within a few weeks. All right, let's talk the final short, Matriculated. Uh, this one posits an interesting idea. What if these machines can uh, be turned uh, into good machines, kind of? I, I thought the idea was, can a robot trip balls? Like, that was... <laughs> yeah, that's the other idea. <laughs> yeah, he's tripping right. balls! He's tripping balls! Dude, give this robot some drugs, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. How high can we get a robot, man? <laughs> This was just uh, based upon uh, the Wachowskis, yeah. you know, just taking some bad ecstasy or something at a rave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it works. Like, this is, you know, it's rave culture. So, like, yeah, of course, it's like, it's going to seep into the robots. But I, I mean, I like this idea of, like, you know, because it starts off kind of similar to the ending of Program, where, you know, they're like, people are watching them, like, def- you know, this one woman, I think it's Alexa. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, my Alexa just turned on. Oh, oh god. <laughs> Alexa off. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No worries. Uh, no, uh speaking of robots. Um yeah, no, but she's like kill what is it? She kills the the two robots or she like wounds them and then it's like yeah. that her crew comes out and just like applauds her for doing the work. But before which, we talk about the robots, I want to talk about the weird gremlin she has and there's no yeah, explanation for possum? this creature. Is that a baby possum? I don't know it's what it's in it was. a jar. I, it's like like it's a gremlin in a jar. Is the best I called it. A, I called it, it a gremlin in my notes. The gremlin. It also in my notes. it also goes into that world with them. I, I thought, okay, this is a robot with yeah. the robot eyes, but then that's also in the world's going like, oh gosh, you know, freaking yeah. out in that world. Uh, I have no idea. I always thought Isn't that it? thing was like in charge. The, the like little oh. baby thingy. 
Yeah, in some ways, because I was like, is it like the one of those things where it's like, oh, it was actually the most powerful creature? But then I also think it might have no. just been a pet in a jar. Mm. Guess I didn't so. know there's what no it was. <laughs> and I'm on the Matrix wiki, and there's no explanation. It's not even mentioned. So what the fuck? Wow. We need to know what the gremlin was. Yeah. Uh, it was also, cute, you, though. Yeah, yeah, cute, <laughs> cute thing. Fun, fun character for what it was, right? If we, do, if we don't understand it, you know what made yeah. me laugh too is when those two robots were pursuing her, and she runs off into the tunnels. Before they go in, one of the robots takes a little satellite shit. He just poops out a little satellite. It made me laugh so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did like that. Yeah, there's like the, in some ways there's like these weird like uh, comedy moments in this short, and like like yeah, like that, but also. Uh, yeah, then it gets so weird. Like once they're like all plugged in and like running around. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and they're also. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what was what was that world because they're not talking in it, and it's kind of emotions based because it starts off with you know he wakes up that little gremlin's going off, and then there's also two of them, you know, almost having sex there. Yeah. It's just kind of like more primal, emotional based, and maybe they're trying to connect to that. So of, uh, on, on the wiki, it always felt like like a Midsummer Night's Dream, like but if it's like if a robot experienced it for the first time and no one was talking, yeah. yeah. So, so on the wiki, they say it's just a matrix uh, of their own design. So it's a matrix designed to teach uh, robots emotion, basically, which emotions, I guess, means tripping balls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you you have some a world where your true balls if looney tunes somehow are included you know he's he's sticking his head out yeah oh that was a great visual yeah yeah i mean he's also like that gold temple in some ways like it was they were like in this gold temple um and i like when they would like one of those people would leave like then the door would like kind of squish shut like it wasn't like closed it was like the squish it's very hard to describe but yeah basically the the narrative is the robot uh develops its emotions but then, unfortunately, the the machines come to ruin all the fun. They they kill the crew because that's what happens in these shorts. The crew gets killed, um, including uh, the girl Alexa. She's she's uh, she's basically captured by the machines, and she begs uh, the robot to uh, to save her. Uh, but it's too late. Uh, the robot rescues her and jacks her into this matrix. And her response is not the one it was hoping for. Uh, she's horrified. She's freaking the fuck out, and then she dies. Well, it's it's kind of tragic, but also hopeful oh. at the same time, right? Because they do change this robot's point of view, I guess, of things. And like, the, yeah. they, he does have some kind of longing for her, so he he taps into that emotion. But then she's like just stuck with her robot in this screwed yeah. up world. She does not want trip. it. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to be in this Salvador Dali painting anymore. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. not not with you, not with you, you gross robot. Yeah, yeah. but but I mean, it, but they were like, it's the yeah, but they their mission was accomplished. Like this robot does, I guess, have some empathy for humans, especially because it's like a a robot like and like some of the robots we saw in Final Flight of this Osiris. Um, you know where right. they're more humanoid. Like these, this robot is not humanoid whatsoever. It looks more like Wally um, yeah. than like you know, yeah, than a humanoid, uh, but by Centennial Man or something. We yeah, and uh, the Gremlin has also died. Uh, we don't see it get killed, but we see its body and it's bleeding. 
Uh, so yeah, oh, the died as well. Oh. Yeah, uh, Max. I know. Yeah, that's I wanted. That was the crossover I wanted. I wanted that gremlin to show up. <laughs> Matrix yeah. 5 is all about that gremlin. So the, yeah. the, the final image we see, the final image we see is the robot alone on a small hill staring at the ocean. And it's the only uh, robot that has any understanding of human emotions. It is completely alone and no one else will ever understand it. Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, You're like, is the implication ending. it just like rolls itself into the ocean? <laughs> like, just... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be bonding with uh, the other... Uh, robots in uh the world yeah. of the reality nope. so, it's a, yeah. yeah it becomes the new kid it's like neo contacts it and it's like fuck i got the kid i got this fucking robot and i'm trying i'm just trying to fuck <laughs> with my leather oh, and, and also it probably goes through withdrawal because you know it was getting high so yeah it's just like right. it keeps wanting drugs Give like me like, some more ass robot ass <laughs> All the people who can do that are dead. Uh, that's where we end this off. Um, so I guess any more thoughts on matriculated? I'll say uh, this. Only uh, that, only that it, it, it reminded me a bit, bit of Aeon Flux. I was going to say it was directed by Peter Chung, creator of Aeon Flux. So oh, there no you way. go. Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay. That makes there's, sense. there's your answer. So yeah, you know, it, it definitely gave me Aeon Flux vibes. And I figured uh, the person involved would have done that. Was Scarlett Johansson in an Aeon Flux live action movie? Oh, Did that I was uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize yeah, Theron. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that as like seeing it live action. I never saw the anime, obviously. Oh wait. oh, wait. Fuck. Yeah. I'm thinking of Ultraviolet. Charlize Theron did Aeon Flux, and um, Paul W.S. Anderson directed his wife, Mila Jovovich, in Ultraviolet, which was pretty much Aeon Flux as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> It's all the same. It was, um, it was 2005. They were all making the same movie to try to like capitalize on the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I never saw the Aeon Flux live action movie. I should revisit those shorts now that I'm older. I'd probably really enjoy them. Um, but yeah, do you want to do our favorite segment now, Malcolm? I think I think we're good. We've been running yes. over an hour at this point. So, um, yeah. yeah. So for those just joining in, our segment is called the Who is the Speedwagon? Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, and for those just joining in, that means who is your favorite minor character, or pretty much anyone who isn't a lead? Although I think we could I think we could actually allow leads because there were nine of these so yeah they're very um, short like all the each story like i don't think i feel like the two parts of second renaissance is the longest at maybe 15 minutes yeah. i mean does, i'm sure you definitely want uh sis the uh the lead girl uh from program as your speed wagon right so she can count i guess i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna pick does. her but <laughs> so yeah my speed wagon my speed wagon is dan's trainer <laughs> uh the man with the incredible hand gestures <laughs> He's, he's in there for like maybe 30 seconds tops, but those hand gestures will uh, stay with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was thinking about that as like my favorite minor character. Um, it's hard. It's kind of hard to, to say because there's like, I don't know, like there's, I mean, the gremlin, I feel like is up there. <laughs> I mean, how, how can you ignore the gremlin? Um, 
Gremlin poses a lot of questions because there's no answers for it. I don't know the character's name. It has no voice. I can't search it up on the Matrix wiki. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to probably go with the Gremlin. I feel like it's, it's just such a, a random. Great character. It's a great character. It's so random. It, like, really has no place in the Matrix universe. No. Like, there's, like, no reason it should be there. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like someone really fought hard for it. It's like, no, it'll look cool. <laughs> we can sell toys. Like, we can sell toys. And like, they're like, we're not selling. It, this is the Matrix. We're not selling toys, like, on the, you know. Uh, at McDonald's or whatever, we don't have crew, cute. Right. You know, can we put there more leather? Like, can can he wear a leather? It's uh, that director's walnuts and keys. Yes, what he fought uh, for. Yeah, that was the and other get, side. I was get a baby was, possum into this. Yeah, get a baby possum. Get, make sure he's holding some juicy walnuts and make sure he's got some keys around his neck or something. I'm actually going to change mine to the Gremlin because we've talked so much about the Gremlin. So, what about you, John? Uh, for me, it would be in Beyond. What, what's the main character's name again? You Yuki? No. Um, uh, Yoko. Y- Yoko. It's it's her it's her little friend who's talking about. It's probably over in the haunted mansion. He's just so he, you can just tell he's a little shit disturber. You know, I liked just, him. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was. I think uh, pudgy, maybe. That's at least that's what it says on the Wikipedia. It's like Pudgy, Massa, Misha, Kenny. Um, yeah, I think it was Pudgy because he, he just just from a few lines, I was like, "Oh, I know what this kid is about. I know what this kid is about," and I'm and I'm, a, I'm bored. I was, you know, friends with this kid. I, I would have gone around and just gone to you know throw bottles around or something like that. So that's exactly. that's my favorite character. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about those the kids from Beyond as well. I will I will say that they were on the list for sure. But then I was like, I can't, I can't pass off on this gremlin. All right. Uh, there we go. So final thoughts on the Animatrix. All around really entertaining with some uh, weak points in terms of story, but a visual feast. I think, I guess it's, there's no point in asking what our favorite short was. It's pretty clear. Um, the second yeah. Renaissance is fantastic. Um, 10 out of 10. Everyone should watch that. It's worth the price of admission alone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would say that for sure. It should be its own movie. It should be its own like movie or TV show. Let's be real. I mean, that's the thing. It tells you the story everyone wanted to know. How did how did the Matrix happen? So tough to beat that. Very tough. I mean, it's like you know, like any anthology. Like I feel like if this was made today, this would have been like a television miniseries. Like this would have been like ten episodes of like a you know of a TV show. Um, and maybe that would have helped some of these shorts out because there's definitely moments where they're like, oh, this is a little too short. Um, but for the most part, I mean, from one, like it being from 2003, it's kind of shocking that this like was so high quality for something that was kind of dumped on like DVD. Like I remember like seeing this, like at like, you know, Rogers video, uh, and being like, oh, what? There's like this, this matrix like add on. And I feel like I saw this when I was a kid, but like, I don't really remember if I like got through most of it. I feel like I may have turned it off during second Renaissance cause I got too scared. Um, but oh. that might've also just been me. So yeah, there's some pretty, pretty crass images in it. So yeah, I would say if you're a big fan of the matrix, this is a, I feel like, yeah, a good watch. Like, to, you know, if you're trying to like, you know, get ready for the new movie and, uh, also be like, but I don't really want to watch, uh, 
revolutions. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of funny that they didn't make another one of these, given that like HBO Max desperately needs content. You'd think this would like animes and they're doing a Lord of the Rings anime film like anime is bigger than ever. They should have they should have got on that for uh, I will. I would not be shocked if they and then and like an animatrix series is announced within the next oh, yeah. like two years. Net Netflix picks it up somehow, you know, yeah. I will be HBO Max because of Warner's. Uh, yeah, the politics. Yeah, they got it. They got to do that. But yeah, we were down for an Animatrix two or what, whatever the case may be. I'm sure, obviously, the Matrix Resurrections will feature a, whatever the world is, uh, new questions, new things we want to see uh, clarified or whatever. That would yeah. definitely. Um, Maybe they can uh, tell everyone what we all missed in uh, the Matrix Online because it turns out even that is canon. <laughs> yes, the Matrix Online, uh, the video game where they killed off Morpheus and then it got canceled and never finished the story. <laughs> oh my gosh! I I watched that cutscene and it's so crappy. Like you kill yeah, off this iconic character, and it's like a thirty second cutscene with like sub PS one graphics. It's awful. I've seen it too. Yeah, it's I'm just so like bad. you guys can just admit that you got you need to cut bait on this. Like you can just be like, we fucked up. This is not this is not real. Like it's basically been scrubbed from the internet except for those like like three twenty p videos on YouTube that were yeah. like, uploaded in two thousand and seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, they gotta resurrect the Matrix online. Just bring it back in all its glory. Just it's just uh, give us a private server. I mean, they brought back WoW Classic, and uh, what's more classic than the Matrix online? <laughs> oh, oh my god um all right i guess uh that's our final thoughts um john where can people find you if you want to be found uh basically at john voth j-o-h-n-v-o-t-h on instagram on twitter and uh you know e if you want to email me don't <laughs> yeah you don't need to email anyone <laughs> um yeah, are you are you doing uh, any more uh, readings, or is that just on pause for now? I, I took a hiatus because you know life started coming back, and I couldn't manage reading for an hour and on date uh, a day to people. So I, I'm I'm right now I'm just kind of figuring out what I'm gonna do in terms of that if I'm gonna keep on reading or not. Maybe do it once a week, but uh, yeah, currently currently just doing some live comedy and some video skits and sketches online. Uh, where can people find you uh, for the sketches online? Is it just John? Uh, it's at John Voth on, on Instagram or on YouTube is where you just type in John Voth and you'll get my, all, all my readings are up on there. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll check them out. They're great. And I feel like you guys should check them out too. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at Old Real Jack M. As of this recording, I have become Twitter famous because my tweet about Brendan Fraser has hit over 1600 likes. So thank you for the love and support, everyone. I couldn't have done it without you. Uh, thank you, Brendan Fraser, for the uh, <laughs> being so wholesome. <laughs> we, you got to come on our podcast and talk about Robotech because uh, your co-star Leonardo DiCaprio um, is a big Robotech fan and has been trying to get that movie made for like two decades. So we got a lot to discuss with Brendan Fraser if it happens, if and when. <laughs> The crossover of the century. <laughs> um, what if Brendan Fraser? Well, there's a video of like Brendan Fraser. He's playing the Nintendo Switch and he doesn't realize his like interview has started. And he's just, he even motions to the person like one minute. And he's just I'm, like, oh shit. I wonder what he's playing. He never revealed what game he was playing. So I want to know what he was like in full concentration mode. Um, maybe it was Final Fantasy X because that's on uh, Nintendo Switch because all the games are. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at all. Uh, Jack is Jack. So, yeah. 
Ah, perfect. And you can uh, you can find me on Instagram at Malcolm R J McLeod. Uh, technically, also on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, follow the podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter as well at Is This Anime Pod. You can you know get all the latest about what we're doing, what movies and TV shows we're covering. Or obviously uh, next week we're going to continue the Cowboy Bebop saga, the mini series that we're doing, uh, which is great. It's been a lot of fun to do that so far. Uh, yeah, and also if uh, you want to, uh, you listen to this, you want tell your friends about it. It really helps a small podcast like us out. It's been really cool uh, getting some f- the feedback we've been getting from people. Really helps shape the show. Uh, we're keep charting in the weirdest countries, uh, but that's amazing. So let's, let's keep that uh, going. Yeah, give us some stars. Leave us a review. If you got requests, uh, send it on uh, Instagram or Twitter, and we'll probably uh, find a way to cover it. We've done that. Uh, before we'll do it again uh anyways uh, i think uh, that wraps this up for the animatrix uh and uh remember even this podcast is canon bye L- later power bottoms